filled with teaching, truths and issues that matter. Bernie Diamond's A Different Perspective, part of Night Vision each weeknight. Details at vision.org.au. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. We're going to be talking about raising happy, confident and more money-smart children. Have you ever thought, I wish I knew back then in my formative years what I know now? Well, oftentimes that wisdom we lacked in our younger years, our childhood years, our teenage years, had lots to do with skills and decisions around the way we handle money. Well, we're turning our attention today to how biblical principles about money taught to our children can have a dynamic effect on their future. In fact, if we saw our children as future business owners and entrepreneurs, flourishing both spiritually and financially, we might ask, how can I instill sound money wisdom in the lives of our children? Our special guest today leads a ministry that helps parents raise happy, more confident, money-smart kids. He calls himself a social and familypreneur and helps parents to learn to speak our kids' secret languages. Justin Pagotto leads a ministry called 1010, based on John 1010, that says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Justin Pagotto, a special welcome along to 2020. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Well, Justin, uh, let me just start with a little bit about you. You're a fourth-generation entrepreneur on the Italian side, and during the 1930s, your big nonno, your grandfather, was known as the Tomato King in New South Wales. Have I got the facts right? That's right. So my big nonno came out actually just before the Great Depression, and you know he, he went straight to Sydney off the boat from Italy, and because of the Great Depression, there was no building work, so he headed up to the north coast of New South Wales and did the traditional uh, immigrant thing and then became a tomato farmer. And there was a massive tomato uh, shortage, but my big nonno's uh, crop wasn't ruined, so he became known as the Tomato King at that time. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. And so when it comes to entrepreneurship or that creative way that you become an investor, a business operator, uh, this has been something that's been part of your family. So you sort of catch some of the values that get passed down from generation to generation. That's right. And, you know, I didn't really realise that I was a fourth or I didn't really appreciate that I was a fourth generation uh, business owner and entrepreneur till you know only about ten years ago, but you can see patterns in family lines, and so it's actually quite normal for me to go into business. Um, the other thing which you see as well is that you also see the negative cycles too. And in my work uh, with parents, uh, you know it's, it's quite sad to see that negative things, not only about money but also about how we're raised uh, by our parents, affect the way we then parent as well. So it's really important uh, to actually realise that, to bring the good, but to, you know, do something about breaking the cycle on the, the bad habits we've learnt too. Well, thanks for being so open about this because your own parents divorced when you were just seven years of age and uh, you recognise that 
there's real pain in relationship breakdown. And that's what you're talking about here. Stuff goes wrong and somehow or other you've got to be able to have a remedy for that uh, if you want to pass on your own wisdom to the next generation. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, in my work with parents, and especially in the last 12 months post-COVID, um, this is a common theme of unhealed hurts, unmet needs, unresolved issues. If they are not dealt with by us as parents, uh, unfortunately, it will impact the way we parent our kids and be passed on to the next generation. So that's a big part of the why about what I do is to help break that cycle. And it's just such a joy to see uh, parents move forward and to say, we're going to put a line in the sand and say, this is it. The negative stuff's going to stop with us and we're going to do something proactive about it. Wonderful stuff. I feel like we're into the deep end nice and early in our conversation today. Yeah, and... well, I'll probably fire up a bit now and get pretty passionate <laughs> about it. Well, when we talk relationship breakdown, uh, that's the thing that often affects most, the relationship with our kids. And we're going to be talking money today, but money's not the most important thing. Uh, it's very important. But when we're talking relationship between parent and child, uh, you might say this is uh, up there with the primary things that are important. We can talk about the relationship we have with God and, you know, we'll keep all of these things in the mix together and uh, get the context all right. But but relationship breakdown, I just want to ask you here because some people will be thinking and listening to our conversation today and, yes, they've got kids and they want to get their kids to be money-smart kids and they've got some things that have happened, relationships have been broken down. Is this some way that you can help to heal relationships here when you start to talk to your kids about money? Is that something of a remedy as well, Justin? Well, money money's a barometer of the heart. You know, that, at the end of the day, that's what it is. So Jesus talked more about money than anything else, I think around 2,300 verses. Um, so he knows that wherever your heart is, you know, wherever, whatever you think about money, there lies your heart. And so with kids and the relationship with their parents, the main thing is to develop a heart connection with your kids. And you can do that by teaching them about money but you shouldn't do it independently of building a heart connection, if that makes sense. You want so, to do both. So I love that concept, money being a barometer of the heart. So if you are observing your children, uh, the way they think about, the way they're handling money as it is now, and you might not have given too much attention to this as a parent about how you you know, create money-smart kids, but you can get an idea of where your kids might be relationally just around the sorts of ways they think about the money that they're getting maybe as pocket money or handouts or however they're getting some money and how they treat it. Is that a, a fair enough way to say you can make an assessment of where your kids might be at? Oh, absolutely. And and the reality is, Neil, that, you know, if we don't disciple our kids in this area, society will. And so we've seen the explosion of Afterpay um, and the many other companies like that, this consumer culture. Don't worry about saving up for anything. Just put it on Afterpay and it's become so easy with technology. Um, and I find it fascinating, you know, Afterpay was recently sold to to square for 29 US billion dollars and it's never made any money yet so it actually made a 156 million dollar loss this year 
So we live in very interesting times when uh, you can actually make a lot of money and a lot of wealth, but you've never actually made any profit. And so this is what's happening with our kids. Our kids are getting exposed to the afterpays of the world, uh, buy now, have it now, especially for consumer things. But it's our role as parents to actually intentionally mentor and disciple our kids about what the Bible says about money, okay, and actually to, if we don't do that, they will learn it in a vacuum from social media, from TikTok and Instagram um, and Snapchat, or they just will learn nothing and then by default um, will become a consumer, which is what, you know, social media companies are trying to uh, invite our kids to do at every opportunity. So this is not an optional extra that you tack on uh, with your children. You've really got to take that responsibility as a parent and say, I need to assertively disciple my children in money. And as you say, if you don't do that, uh, there's lots of other ways uh, and influences that are going to try and fill that void and uh, really exploit your kids rather than uh, be any benefit to them. But what I imagine there'll be a lot of people thinking is that, uh, well, Justin, all very well to hear you say this, but I'm struggling with my own understanding with money right now. I know there's a a depth of science about money, and what do I need to understand as a parent if I want to get a turnaround, if I want to turn over a new leaf here and get my kids uh, on a really wonderful, firm foundation? Uh, What do you say to parents who've struggled with their own ability to to handle money, to, uh, to have responsibility with money? Where do you start here, Justin? Well, that, that's a, exactly the, the reason why we have the problem we have, Neil, is that money generally terrifies most adults too, right? And so we've got to change that. But in all the things that I've done, um, I was involved in something when, when I lived in Sydney called Club Kidpreneur, which teaches 8- to 12-year-old kids how to start and run their own businesses. And then also with what I'm involved with now with Money Smart Kids and, and being an ambassador for financial freedom, this, it is actually quite simple, but we make it too complicated. So for parents, what I would say is you've got to learn all the basics and just do the basics. One of the things which I am constantly amazed at is, you know, we're very good at being hearers of the word, but we need to get better at being doers of the word. And that takes time, energy, focus, um, and costs you something, okay? But I'm absolutely committed to that, uh, and I see it all around me. The people who actually take a lot of little steps are the ones who see big changes. And if you don't make those, unfortunately, you know, not much change happens. But the good thing is a lot of the materials now, and especially in the Money Smart Kids and Financial Freedom course, it's all animated. And it's actually very simple to learn for parents as well. So as their kids do it, the parents are also learning as well. I want to get into some practical thoughts with you in just a short while, but let's stay with some of these reasons why we've got to get things right as parents and relationship with our kids. Uh, Biblical wisdom in all of this, uh, the love that you can have for money. I mean, one of those 
really well-known scriptures, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. Some people don't even like this idea of talking about money because you feel like somehow or other money is your God. I mean, that's the other uh, big one too. You can't serve two masters. You'll either love one and hate the other. This idea of understanding what money is to us If you don't instill this in our childhood years, sometimes it's harder to learn later. What are your thoughts around uh, attitudes biblically that even Christians, even mature Christians might have when it comes to money and how we think about these things with our kids? Yeah, I think there's two ends of the spectrum which are equally damaging, to be honest. So the first uh, end of the spectrum says, you know, money is evil. Uh, We should avoid it. We should shun it. Profit's bad, business is bad. And, you know, I think that comes from a poverty mentality, um, which is not biblical. It's not kingdom, to be honest. Whatever God creates is not inherently evil. It's, as we talked about before, it's the human heart around money, which determines whether uh, you steward it well or you steward it not so well. So that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum, which I don't subscribe to either, and I want to make sure it's very... um, clear uh, that it comes across this way is that you know God is a jackpot machine and we say our prayers, pull his arm and then out comes a million dollars you know that type of prosperity thinking um, I don't subscribe to either Uh, so when I say uh, becoming money smart, money is a tool to provide for our family but also to be outrageously generous and to see the kingdom extended And if you have that heart, money actually just becomes, and doing entrepreneurial things just becomes a tool to actually do those things. Uh, I really don't like, uh, to some degree, where capitalism has gone, where it's all about uh, building this empire for yourself, you know, million-dollar homes and uh, Ferraris and Lamborghinis, even though those things are, you know, not in itself bad, but if that's the main... I don't think that's what we're called to as kingdom parents. I don't think that's our main focus. Our main focus is to become money smart so we can bring our Father in heaven glory. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. 1-800-316-316. You might have a question or a comment. We're talking about kids and money today. Justin Pagotto is our guest. He leads a ministry called 1010, based on John 1010, that says the thief comes to only steal, to kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. A powerful verse of Scripture to reflect on as uh, the one that is... Uh, the foundation for your ministry, Justin, but you're seeing money in relation to the kingdom of God. I wonder if you've got any thoughts today about where the church, uh, the church is not necessarily only the kingdom, but the church is part of the kingdom of God, where the church is at in Australia today and is money a part of what the church is doing, where the church is at? Is there a lack in the church? What are your thoughts around church life? Yeah, good question, Neil, and it's a pretty broad question, but I guess I'm giving some broad strokes myself. I see that you know, money is a tool just to do kingdom things, and unfortunately, you know, I think over the last two or 300 years, 
the church has sort of gone from being the centre of society back in the the English days, 17th and 18th century, where the church was the centre of village life, so to speak, to going to the margins of society. And so I think if we're going to impact society, that's got to change. And a big part of it is in our business, through having partnerships with business. And so the reality is, you know, the Facebooks of the world, the Googles of the world, the Apples, they make so much money that they can actually do fund whatever projects they like. And it's interesting, I went to South Africa many, many years ago on an entrepreneurship exchange and there was a lady there in a group from, from Google and she told me exactly that, that there's all these projects that nobody knows about that Google funds from all their war chest of, of profits. And so I think if we're going to change and shift culture, then raising up kingdom entrepreneurship and enterprises that serve the community and I think that's got to be the heartbeat of it. Whatever we do has to actually provide value to the community and then from that a profit is made and its profits are good. If you don't have profits, um, a business won't survive. Okay, And so uh, that's why charities are struggling at the moment in Australia. There's too many charities and not enough of the charity dollar to go around. But in a business that's providing a service, there's no limit to how much it can be scaled up, providing it continues to provide value to enough customers. And so I'd love to see the church in Australia, uh, particularly the leaders in the Australian church, start to uh, think bigger around a partnership with entrepreneurs um, where each party does what they're good at and they come together with a common focus to actually serve the community and increase the kingdom of God. Well, war chests of profits, uh, putting the church back in the centre, not out on the margins of society. And uh, big thinking today, coming from our special guest, uh, with the way that that might happen intergenerationally. Let's come back to our kids in all of this, because sometimes we think about teaching our kids about money is, you know, teaching them how to handle their pocket money or, you know, how to earn a few extra dollars doing an odd job or two. But uh, you're taking this uh, to a really deep level and uh, talking about the future of the nation uh, in the church and the kingdom of God. These things are really powerful concepts. Let's bring this back down to some practical levels here. And so one of the things I mentioned in the introduction is that you like to teach parents about the secret languages that our kids use. I wonder, if is that connected to the way that their attitudes to money uh, might be influenced by our attitudes to money? Sure. And, you know, the... It's also quite a complex uh, topic as well, but let's just go to the simple ones, the five languages of love, right? So affirmation, uh, physical touch, gifts, uh, acts of service, and quality time. So if a, if a child, um, let's just say, has a gift of entrepreneurship or has an interest in business, but we're not affirming them in that, we're not actually empowering in that, then that will actually bring a disconnect uh, and actually a wounding in their heart. And so uh, generally the area which we are strongest with our love languages, if us as parents do not give our kids um, intentional input in that area, intentional empowering, then that's when a heart wound can create and then, you know, a disconnect in the heart happens. So I would say to all parents, 
it's very important, number one, to know what your kids' love languages are, to then actually see, well, how does training them in the area of money and finance fit into that, and then to make sure that you intentionally fill up their love tanks in general, but also specifically around training them around money. So the love languages of our children are connected with the way that they will be uh, perceiving uh, money and relationship around you or I as a parent. Uh, That's a powerful concept. So including money in the way that we love our children. Correct. And so I think one of the issues is, and I've certainly seen this um, in families that, that I mentor people in, you know, generally we have it pretty good in Australia. And so, you know, most of the kids, I know there is, we do have some kids living in poverty in Australia, but most of the kids I know don't really have to work that hard or there's, there's not that real hunger to learn something or to raise up the next uh, generation of entrepreneurship. What you see is generally the entrepreneurs come from people who might be immigrants to Australia or overseas growing up in poverty. So it is a real challenge. How do we break this spirit of entitlement uh, that seems to exist in Australia? And I, pre-COVID, I used to go over to the Philippines um, doing some holidays with purpose, which we might get into that, we may not. But one of the things which fascinated me was the children and the, the parents in the Philippines have virtually nothing compared to us, but they're so joyful and they're so grateful Yet when I come back, when I used to come back to Australia, I was always found it a real culture shock that we have so much in this country. Yet gratitude and thankfulness seems to be not um, not blowing our minds. Seeing the thankfulness and gratitude of of our kids, but also adults as well. And I find that really fascinating that we can have everything physically that we need, but still, you know, have that uh, bankruptcy on the inside. Bankruptcy on the inside, and so if you are able to observe your own children, where they're at with uh, that thanks uh, and gratefulness, uh, the gratitude of their heart, uh, you might be able to identify that there could be an issue around money. Uh, This money, as you say, uh, we've got plenty around and, uh, and, and we've got this idea that it just comes to us. Um, for those who might be thinking, you know, my family's always been in a level of poverty and uh, never really been able to break through to a new level uh, so much as a next generation goes, how do you work on breaking the cycle? So breaking the cycle so that your kids have a right attitude to money, breaking the cycle so that your kids have an aspiration for making a profit rather than staying poor. What are your thoughts here about breaking cycles like this? It all starts with education and the desire that we have to change. So even people, I'd say even people who are struggling with money, it doesn't cost that much to actually get started and actually uh, learn the foundations about money. So I'll give you an example. So in, uh, I'm an ambassador of financial freedom, um, and in that they teach kids, but as I said, parents, most parents would learn so much from the simplicity of what is taught in financial freedom. So it's, they use what's called the LEAP model. So L stands for learn. You actually learn the foundations of money. So that's essential. Take the time. Um, you know, sometimes I think we have poverty not only around 
that we're not willing to spend money. I think you, you can't get away from the fact that to grow, you have to spend some money, right? And in the parents that I know, I don't know any parents that their kids don't pay, play sports or dance or do something that has a discretionary spend. So why do we see that discretionary spend on investing in our children is something that is different to investing in them becoming a good sports person or being active? So I would say we must invest and just do something to break that cycle. So L stands for learn, learning the foundations. E stands for earn. You know, when I did the mentoring back in Sydney, we taught the kids to have a little business that cost them $50. So without a cost, even King David said it, didn't he? He said, I refuse to give a sacrifice that didn't cost me something. So we must, there must be a cost to anything we do because we don't value it if it's free. So these kids paid $50 out of their own money um, and then they created their own products. We took them down to the markets and then I taught them how to sell it, how to... Um, go and talk to people, and then they generally made $150 to $200, so they had okay. $100 to $150 profit, which they then gave away. Uh, L was for learn, E was for earn. Let's talk about the A and the P before we move on, but just let me say, uh, listeners, talk back line open, 1-800-316-316, with a question or a comment today with our special guest, uh, Justin Pagotto. Justin, learn, earn, What's A and P all about? Yeah, I might just quickly say another thing about the earn. So we only learn by doing. That's the reality in life. You know, if we didn't learn to walk, if we didn't keep falling down, getting up, we'd never walk as kids. So it's exactly the same in teaching your kids about money. We have to create a culture where it's normal to have a go and fail. And so... In earning, kids can start up to 12 businesses in Money Smart Kids and the Financial Freedom Program. So 12 businesses, they don't have to do all those, but the reality is to order to practice, fail, get up, start again, see what works, you must do that. So A stands for Accelerate, and that is, okay, once you know, learn how money works, once you earn your own money, how do we actually save, invest, and grow our money? So that's very important as well. And then P stands for play, and I call that how to find joy from serving others and how to disciple our kids in, in real prosperity. And, and for me, you know, a big aha moment was about 15 years ago, and I saw that the word for prosperity uh, in the Hebrew language is actually Salem, and it actually means peace, wholeness, and well-being in every area of life. And when I read that, it really jumped off the page of Prosperity, or the biblical word version of prosperity, is so much more than just material possessions. It's been hijacked in modern culture to just mean, you know, your net wealth, your your assets, and your income. But from a biblical point of view, real prosperity is actually peace, wholeness, and well-being in every area of life. Your relationships, in uh, giving back, in of course your money, but also with your family, with your health. Um, and also with uh, what you're going to do to pour yourself into the next generation. So in play, we teach kids how to find joy from serving others and how to disciple them. 
Powerful thoughts. And uh, when you use that Jewish word, shalom, uh, and say there's a really big, deeper and rich meaning to that about the whole life and uh, the well-being elements and including uh, financial prosperity as well. Powerful, powerful stuff. Uh, just to clarify, when you mentioned uh, the financial freedom money smart kids, that's not something that you personally run, but you've had uh, real involvement with this organisation over the years. And uh, this is the one where you said your kids get to have an understanding of 12 different businesses and you learn by doing. Uh, this is an important uh, element here. And so just a little bit of a plug for this program that you're talking about today, because uh, you, what do you do? You enroll your kids in in something like it's a 12-month program where they get to be exposed to these things? How does that all work, Justin? Correct. So it's, a, it's an online course, and with the giveaways, um, we've got one of the giveaways, which is the uh, top 10 things parents need to teach their kids and teens about debt. So you'll get a whole heap of free information, but you'll also be able to find out more about the 12-month course um, by signing up to that free guide. But it is a fantastic course. It was created by a couple of uh, Irish entrepreneurs, digital entrepreneurs, and they spent a lot of money on this course to make it world-class. So the first six months are all animated. So it has animated characters that the kids will know about, you know, The Rock and Jeff Bezos and Spider-Man and Marvel creatures, and they take the kids through this learning process across the learn, earn, accelerate, and place. So each month module has elements of all four of those and one of those uh, modules the earn has a different business to start each month and your kids actually get the whole playbook so they get everything done for them so really if your kids and also parents have got a heart to learn all you have to do is take the time to do it because many people parents tell me they don't have the time to teach the kids and they don't know how whereas this course sorts both of those problems out um, what I've also been doing as well in my local area is actually mentoring uh, five people from our kids from our church, and I actually spend an hour a month with them going through um, this course and actually helping coaching them through it. But so, the online course is there for everyone to do as well. Okay, so as a parent, would you do the course with your kids? Is this the? I would recommend yeah. they would because it's. As I said, parents, we talked about it before, if parents don't have good foundations, how are they going to pass them on to their kids? So if you want to change the whole household, everyone should be involved in getting educated to root out those bad habits that we came from our parents, but also from just being in a debt-ridden, consumer-focused uh, uh, culture and to actually start to build better foundations, the right foundations, in order to become money smart. So you're involved with your kids and this particular program you're talking about over 12 months and kids get to understand 12 different types of business. Businesses. Uh, so they actually do them, they make real money and then they actually work out what doesn't work, what does work and that is the heart of entrepreneurship. <laughs> the biggest thing about entrepreneurship is the mind and actually learning. And that you look at any successful entrepreneur, I bet you they've had they've invested a lot in themselves and education and just growing 
and they failed a lot too. It's normal to fail, and this is another mindset that we've got to teach our kids. You know, we I think we we mollycoddle our kids a bit, and we don't want them to fail. But what if failure is actually a normal part of God's plan to actually help us all to become self-governing, powerful people? Well, there's a lot of talk about resilience right now, and uh, part of resilience is learning how to fail. Uh, let's talk now. This particular course you're talking about, uh, which uh, I've said to listeners, uh, you've got free resources that people can access, and I'll give uh, those resources very shortly how they can access those from your website. But uh, the the sort of course you're talking about now, uh, a twelve month course, it it has a cost to it. Uh, the fact that it has a cost to it uh, shouldn't be a worry for parents because uh, uh, you said to me just before coming back on the air that when you talk about something that has a cost, kids will actually make that money back. So could you actually be getting the kids to pay their own way on this course? Is that the way it could work? Yeah, or potentially, you know, doing a a monthly instalment plan from the kids. But the reality is if you give people stuff for nothing, people don't value it. That's the reality. But also as well, I know for a fact this course costs those two Irish guys a lot of money to put together. And so back with what we were talking before, in business you need profit in order to grow. And this organisation also has um, a foundation that actually teaches kids in South Africa and other parts of the third world all the things which we have the privilege of being able to pay for because we have disposable income. So that's where the money money goes, is to teach kids in South Africa how to learn, earn, accelerate and play and to get out of, escape the poverty trap as well. Come back to the parent for a moment, because a lot of parents will say, well, you know, Christmas is coming. Uh, I'd rather just shell out $500 on the latest Xbox uh, rather than invest $500 uh, into something that might, you know, give my child uh, this sort of foundation as a, a kingdom investor, an opportunity to be an entrepreneur, an opportunity to win, to fail. The idea that you just take the easy way out, uh, you know, spend money on an Xbox instead of your ch- child's financial uh, wisdom development, uh, that's the attitude that perhaps most parents might have. Could be. And I, all I would say is, what type of child do you want to raise? Do you want to raise a consumer who might be permanently in debt and doesn't know how to handle money wisely or do you want to help them to steward what and become kingdom people and as part of growing them to be big people who uh, live in that real prosperity that we talked about before, peace, wholeness and well-being in every area of life. And, you know, I think it's been one of the strategies is to keep, you know, kingdom Christians in lack and poverty. And so we've got a choice. Do we, what do we want to invest in? And then we get to the end of our life and we stand before Jesus and he said, well, tell me how you stewarded this life I've given. It doesn't make sense for me as a parent to say, well, Jesus, I've, I've taught my kids how to be a good consumer. Now I didn't teach them about money or I can stand before Jesus and say, I've done the best I can to equip my kids in every area of life, how to have healthy relationships, good conflict resolution, and that's a that's a story in itself. You know, I've met very few uh, adults, Christians included, who know how to handle and resolve conflict well. You know, we could talk for 
you know, 20 minutes just on that. Um, but that's what it's really about, isn't it? That we have the privilege to disciple our kids and what are we going to do? Are we going to train them to be consumers or are we going to train them to be kingdom people? So the consumer is really destined uh, for what we might appreciate is this mindset of lack and poverty because uh, you won't keep anything that you've earned. Uh, You're likely to end up with nothing at the end of the day. You've spent it on things like an Xbox and nothing else to uh, to be able to, to say is, uh, is a gain there. So uh, this attitude around gratitude, come back to this lack and poverty for a few moments because you're an advocate for actually exposing the kids to real lack and poverty. And you mentioned the Philippines in the first part of our conversation, but if you're exposing your kids to real lack and poverty, and this might be even in a mission sense, a lot of churches have a mission program and they're going off to different countries when the borders are open uh, or into different communities uh, within our own cities and towns and outback. What are your thoughts here about exposing the kids to uh, real lack and real poverty on the way to understanding good money wisdom? I think it's essential. I think it's personally essential. Um, as I mentioned before COVID, so hopefully we can go again in 2022. That's the plan. But we do a lot of things with uh, our Trips Plus uh, social enterprise uh, holidays business. And just to give you an example, a social pr- a social entrepreneur thinks differently to, say, a, a traditional entrepreneur. A traditional entrepreneur says, what is something the market needs regardless of whether it's good or bad, but that we can make as much money as possible. A social entrepreneur like myself says, what is a social problem that you want to solve? How do you then find a sustainable business solution? It's, it looks at things totally different. So we do medical missions in the poorest areas of the Philippines where people can't afford um, you know, primary health care, dental and health care. So we invite doctors, nurses, dentists, uh, and pharmacists to come on a life-changing adventure where they come and give to people who can't serve, uh, can't give anything back. But something happens when you give back to people who can't serve you. On the parents and kids' front, uh, we take kids on what's called a Build a Lifelong Bond adventure where it's about 10 days. In the first three days, we actually live in uh, what's called a Gawad Kalinga. Gawad Kalinga means love and care and is the largest NGO in the Philippines. They have they're in 3,000 villages and have a, a massive holistic goal to bring 5 million Filipinos out of poverty. So what we do, we partner with them and we go and serve in their village doing a whole heap of things. Sometimes it's a house build, sometimes it's an environmental cleanup, sometimes it's just painting the school, but we're serving in the middle of poverty. And the experience for both the parents and the kids is everyone comes back with a deep sense of gratitude for what we have, that we all live in houses, we have disposable income, we have cars, we can have choice about what we eat. It doesn't really matter if we don't have the latest iPhone 13 when you see that. And so I think we've got to expose our kids to that. Otherwise, you know, our prevailing culture of consumerism just um, is too big, right? So when you go to the slums and you see the joy and happiness in people who have very little, it really changes you. So I can't wait to go back and to take some more parents and kids 
next year when borders open again. So this going to serve role modelling, and not everybody is going to be able to go overseas, and of course with borders closed, uh, that's not an immediate plan you can make. But you've had this role modelling, Justin, uh, with your own kids, and you're quick to sign up and be a servant, a volunteer, and uh, we mentioned uh, Club Kidpreneur, uh, Clean Up Australia Day, uh, Kids Hope, Homes of Hope yeah. International. These are organisations I'm mentioning that you have uh, put yourself out and you've said, I'm going to be a volunteer and serve there. And no doubt with the view that your children will see you serving in those capacities too. So somehow or other you've got to, as a parent, say, I'm not going to sit on the sidelines. I've got to roll up my sleeves and just become involved in some level of volunteering and volunteering support. This is a big thing for kids. Well, it's modelling, isn't it? So you look at Jesus' life. He modelled, then he said, you have a go, then he gave them feedback, and then he sent them out. It's no different for us. As many Christians made in in Jesus' image, we said, uh, you're being conformed into my likeness. So what we model is really important. So if we're not modelling serving, if we're not uh, modelling that we give even when we don't get a return, then our kids are just not going to grow up. It's not going to be in their nature or DNA. And so I just encourage every parent. And the beauty is uh, I came back from the Philippines last February right when COVID was breaking. We sort of just snuck back into the country. But every time I come back from these trips, I am filled with inexpressible joy. And it is a real secret. Um, you know, I I really struggle with the fact that we have such a mental health crisis in Australia. You know, whereas in the Philippines, who have very little uh, physical riches, there's not much mental health issues there. They're all very joyful, grateful people. And so I wonder whether the lack of gratitude and serving and looking outside of ourselves is one of the things which contributes to our mental health issues. It's something which I just find it very, I get culture shock when I come back. To Australia. It's wonderful insight, Justin. Uh, time is running short. Uh, we'll have to do this again in another day and we'll pick up on some different ideas. Yeah, if you're open of, to that. There's plenty of stuff we can talk about. But I <laughs> do want to scratch the surface, I think. We have. I do want to mention a couple of free gifts uh, that you have for parents, and uh, they'll be able to access those on your website, 1010life.com.au. Uh, One of those uh, is how to build a lifelong bond with your kids and turn them into better humans. Uh, The second one, uh, top 10 things parents need to teach their kids and teens about debt now. Uh, Those two, a quick thought or two for those two free gifts and uh, what what benefit they'll be for parents? Yeah, so if you go to 1010life.com.au, pop in your details there and it'll take you to a page which will give you um, those three guides, you know, the building a lifelong bond with our kids, you know, one of the things that makes me very sad, but also one of the, the reasons that we actually do 1010 Life is to restore the hearts of the fathers and mothers to their kids and vice versa. And so there's no better thing in life than to have a great relationship with your kids and to have a strong heart connection. And it's not something that just happens. It needs to be intentionally um cultivate. And then the second thing about the top 10 things parents need to teach their kids and teens about debt 
I'll just encourage parents, just start. Just start. Right? So we're just going to make a start, take a small step. Okay? And once, when you do that, when you pop in your details, you actually get access to a whole heap of other free resources, not only on parenting, um, on a whole heap of things. So there's actually about seven, at least seven ways we help families to thrive. And so you'll get access to all of that for free as well. And if you want to uh, have a chat, just uh, pop in, book a chat, and love to talk to people. Well, I think listeners who've listened to our entire conversation will know that if your resources are as great as the wisdom you've been espousing over this past hour, Justin, you'll have a flood of people wanting to get a hold of those free resources, those two free gifts how to build a lifelong bond with your kids and turn them into better humans, the top 10 things parents need to teach their kids and teens about debt now. Uh, You can access those as well as all sorts of free tips on raising happy, more confident children. 1010, that's the number 10, number 10, life.com.au, 1010life.com.au. You can also join a Facebook group, Family Life uh, Facebook group, the 1010 Family Life group, and uh, get those free gifts. Uh, Justin, wonderful getting your insights. We will set another time to do another conversation and talk about uh, issues around parents and kids and training about money, but... Uh, Thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and sharing your heart with listeners today on 2020. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Neil. And, you know, it just gives me great joy to see families thrive. So it's an absolute privilege and an honour to to build into families however I can. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 